so no music, so you know that we already messed up. But this episode is from a while back, as will be very obvious as you listen to it. And a lot of the content is, well, obviously dated. But we definitely want to thank Drew for helping us out and uh, being on the episode again. And apologize to him for it taking oh, oh so long to get out. So anyway, enjoy this episode. Lord knows we did. Source, your home for anti-disestablishmentarianism. My name's Nathan, your most Zuckerbergiest host. <laughs> My name's Andy, your most musky host. And I'm Pat, your least Facebook using host. Pat prefers parlor. <laughs> See, at least maybe Pat's answer is funny and maybe it's not. But at least he like addressed the the whole topic of the joke. You know, he didn't just throw it away. Well, and truly, I definitely use Facebook less than anyone else. I don't know about our guest, but... That is true. I am still waiting for you to go ahead and respond to my Candy Crush requests. So, anyway, as Pat <laughs> kind of just alluded to, we do have a guest. It's, we have uh, a great guest. It's a, he's a great guest. We have a professional comedian with us um, to teach us how to be funny a little bit. You know, show us the way. Oh, I, I wish. <laughs> 10,000 times funnier than Steve Hofstetter, if I do say so myself. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I like a longtime friend of Andy and I's, our good friend Drew is joining us today, and we are very happy to have Hi, him. Hi, Drew. Hey, Drew. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Hey. I'm so glad to be here. That for, sounds like a lie. So <laughs> <laughs> for the for the umpteen time we've got, you know, there aren't enough white guys on this podcast <laughs> and decide to throw in a fourth. This is a voice that is not represented enough in media in general. So so what I wanted to mm. ask you is so we are talking today about political fatigue. And just kind of like avoiding the toxicity, avoiding the news, avoiding the political division that goes on online, like all the separating out into like tribes. And um, Drew, you might know a little something about that. Do you want to? Do you want to fill us in? Because you you like avoiding that kind of thing. I do. I was, like, publicly posting on Facebook for a while about how, like, people should just give up on this whole thing. <laughs> right. But, you know, didn't really, uh, people didn't respond positively to that, <laughs> let's say. I mean, you and I had, like, when you started posting that stuff, I, I took it to heart and you and I had, like, several conversations, ironically, on Facebook <laughs> about yeah. getting off of Facebook and whether it made sense or not. I, I, I thought about getting off Facebook for a while, but not for the same reasons. I They were very, very late to step up to the plate regarding, like, fake news and stuff. Um, you know, yeah. he, Zuckerberg tried to stay out of it as long as he thought he could. And, you know, in a situation like that, there is no such thing as staying out of it. When you are right. the owner of that company and the president is spouting blatant false things on your platform, 
You are either allowing it or not. That's it. Or encouraging it, as we found out, because it turned out that Facebook was specifically censoring things from left-leaning sources so that they would not suffer the wrath of the right. But mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to talk about today is, well, first of all, I let Pat just jump right past how our week was. <laughs> I was so hoping that... We- Damn it. Just, just jump right right over it. I don't, I don't care about your week. Who cares? <laughs> Listen, I was chomping on my finger trying not to just completely overload this entire podcast with me laughing. Oh my god, Here's the deal. It. I do want to talk about my week. I want to talk about my week because I haven't had a chance to talk about it in a while. I'm sure by the time this comes out, it's going to be even more out of date. Uh, but I had the Rona, guys. I straight up got the Rona. Oh, no. yeah. Are you okay? And uh, I mean, I'm definitely alive. Good. So good on that. I I got it on. Like, so Sarah and I were cooking a big Thanksgiving feast, and we're doing it at home all by ourselves, and doing the pie and the stuffing, and like the whole thing. I I very rarely get an opportunity to cook a turkey. And I cooked a whole turkey, and it turned out great and everything like that. And then about halfway through making everything, Sarah sautéing the onions to make the stuffing, and she's like, I can't smell this. I should be able to smell sautéing onions, right? And I went and I got one of our scented candles and shoved my nose right into it, and nothing. Hmm. We lost, Hmm. uh, we completely lost our sense of smell. We could still taste, but... Like, so much of your taste is, like, connected to your sense of smell. So it was, I think our Thanksgiving dinner was significantly better than I think it was because I could only use my tongue to appreciate it. The thing is, it's been a while now, and I still don't have all my sense of smell back. I still am coughing. I have a little bit of fatigue, but that could just be because I'm lazy and I don't want to do stuff. Yeah, they're saying that there might be, like, long-term lasting effects, so I hope you get better and don't have to suffer from any of that exactly but we've been having we've been having issues with timing on podcast uh, on episodes because we like to get one out every week and we certainly have not been doing that lately and uh i just wanted to let people know that is because uh, i was sick and yeah look i mean so i think i don't know if this actually came up but um not long before that I was home hmm. for three weeks because Caitlin And Andy had it. keeps on insisting he never had it. And he I did. didn't get for sure it. He did. I didn't get it. Uh-huh. I didn't get it. I kept getting tested and I kept Absolutely. getting negative tests. Um, so like Andy said, two thirds of this podcast has had the coronavirus. That's wild. I'll let you figure out which two thirds. No. Nope, Pat, you got you. it? I still think it's you. No, no, I didn't. So <clears throat> I have test results that say no. Um, Are they written in crayon? Four of them. <laughs> Here you go, Sue. <laughs> no, they're in PDF format. But that's that's the thing. I we don't need to go um, all into everybody's week because I don't really care about you guys as much. But I did want to make sure to mention right. that I had the Rona, and that is one of the reasons why we've been a little uh, loosey goosey with the release sure. dates lately. But season two of Beat a Dead Source is going to be. Furious like a Taco Bell diarrhea. Nope. You, nope. 
Why do you have to ruin everything? Well, so I uh, I very narrowly avoided getting into a car accident this week. So I was on my way to work, and it wasn't snowing very hard, but there was like a light snow flurry that was coming down. And the car passing me, it was like a white pickup truck, was passing me on the freeway around a curve and hit like this patch of just like, a snowdrift, like blowing snow that just came in onto the freeway, and he started fishtailing. And already I was kind of worried, so I was already like pumping the brakes to slow down a little bit. And um, you know when you fishtail out and you overcorrect? He overcorrects and like can't seem to regain stability, so I was like, oh crap. And he slams into the wall in front of me, and I. At this point, I'm full braking, and I can see that the position that he's in, like, smashed up against the wall, I don't have enough time to fully stop, so I, like, really quickly just decided to take a quick swerve around him, and thank God, had no problems with, like, the other lane of traffic or anything, because I was, like, you know, very much in their way. (laughs) <laughs> to get around this pickup truck that I would have just absolutely T-boned and like completely swerved by him and was then fine. And the crazy part about this awesome. too was like, I was already thinking about, you know, like I, I usually do a prayer, especially if I feel like it's might be questionable whether I make it home from work or to work. Um, you know, that just, you know, that they, that Jesus would watch over me and protect me. And, like, I was literally praying. I was praying the Lord's Prayer. I was literally praying when this happened. And uh, I take it as, like, a small miracle. So are you saying that because you're praying the Lord Jesus Christ put you in a potentially dangerous situation because you didn't believe enough? Sure. No. (laughs) Not. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a He just wanted to scare you because you forgot to pray before you left, you son of a Yeah, you know what? That's probably it. Don't forget again. That's probably it. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I like. I, I love that you were able to get out of that. Did you feel like Vin Diesel afterwards? Like, um, I was <laughs> really like- nervous and like hopped up, I guess, adrenaline. I was pumping on adrenaline for a few minutes afterwards. And then I called, you know, called the cops and the... You know, I guess paramedics or whatever to to make sure that the guy was okay because I was like worried because he he hit the uh, concrete divider going pretty fast. But I hope he is okay. Oh, awesome word, Drew. You do not have to participate in the what happened during your week thing. Uh it doesn't matter to me really. I could go now. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So. This weekend, uh, me and my girlfriend went and saw some Christmas lights. Nice. So that was a thing. <laughs> Except, nice. like, this little development was, like, so full of traffic, it was stupid. <laughs> like, that's not what those areas are designed for at all. Oh, man. And, and it was one of those, like, really labyrinthy type of... Where'd you go? Uh, it was Painesville. <laughs> I can okay. I can very much relate to that because we decided last week that we we're going to go out and check out the lights uh, at Public Square in downtown Cleveland. And Public Square on any given day 
is a shit show. It is like not well laid out. It takes forever to get around. There are like uh, red lights. It's, I don't know, maybe an eighth of a mile all the way around. And there are like 17, it's yeah, there's 1,700 traffic lights in that eighth <laughs> of a mile. So we went down there and literally for us to get around that eighth of a mile, it took us like an hour and a half. Like it was crazy because so many people wanted to go down and see it. And there wasn't like, normally I hate there being uh, like from Ubering. I hate for cops to direct traffic downtown because it's just faster if they don't. But in the one situation where they could have been helpful, not a cop to be seen. So I I relate <laughs> to your having to like drive forever. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, it was like a development area. But, and, but I also like Christmas lights. But uh, yeah, the Christmas lights part was nice. Non-denominational Hanukkah lights. Yes, lots of mm. Grinches. <laughs> which I can get behind uh, that. Nice. That's the only character I respect, and they're only the first half. All right, Andy, do you have a do you have a this week? Not really. I um I have a tough time. I don't do. I don't get into the holiday spirit. In fact, the holiday spirit tends to annoy me. So. I, my nerves get kind of raw around this time of year. I get pretty irritable. <clears throat> Not to mention I have to move the weather out of the way <laughs> to get to my car, to get... Like, the snow is the most ridiculous thing. Why do we live in this place? It makes no sense. Right. Snow is the worst, and <laughs> it can go to hell where it will your, melt. Because your other option is Florida? I will take the meth heads over the snow. The meth gators, you mean? Meth gators over the snow. Listen, I will have a pet meth gator if I need to. <laughs> if it keeps snow away. I like I, I hate snow. I just want to be clear, in this scenario that you've built up, you were the one feeding the gator the meth. No, he'll just have to get it wherever he can get it. That's not my problem. Just free range meth. I understand. Yeah, I'm not worried about it. He's a gator. He can handle Fair it. Fair enough. Yeah, that's <laughs> not Andy's responsibility. <laughs> right. So so Andy's being a mouth gator is a choice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, so Andy's uh, thing of the week is Bah Humbug. Is really just what it comes well, down so, to. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Snow a couple weeks ago, was it was so heavy. How heavy was it? <laughs> that It was so heavy that the sh- act of shoveling it threw my back out. And I've been walking like an 80-year-old man for like two weeks since. With I had to go to the urgent care. They kicked me out of work because I couldn't stand up straight. They're like, what are you going to do if you get a customer? Nothing. What are you going to do? You can't like hobble. It'll take you half an hour to walk out to a car. So they kicked me out and I went to the urgent care and they gave me some meds and stuff. But I just want to say that to everybody out there who wants to say, yeah, but it's so pretty and it doesn't hurt anybody. Yes, it Bleeping does. It hurt me. First time in the history of the podcast that you've intentionally bleeped yourself. <laughs> yes. I'm going to try and get better at it. Every other time we're talking about kindergarten students and you, you're I, like, these sons of <laughs> Well, I feel like that's not a very funny punchline to how heavy was it? No, it's not funny. It's not funny at all. There's nothing funny about it. No, I got it. I'm going to throw in a rim shot right here. <laughs> Badoom. Um, no, there's nothing funny about snow. 
So that is my Aww. how great my week has been. Very good. Okay, so here's what I want to talk about this week. This is my idea, and I wanted to have Drew on because we had talked about this uh, before too. But basically, social media has been a show for as long as I can remember. But this year, it seems to have gotten like particularly shitty. Like partially because we've all been trapped in the house and sort of like scrolling Facebook is something that a lot of people do. Or it doesn't have to be Facebook. It could be Pinterest. It could be Instagram. It could be LinkedIn, I guess. I'm not clearly not like up to date with this stuff. I mean, if you're cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, when you... So there's actually a name for this that people have been doing, even if it's on new sites, called doom scrolling. Well, listen, it didn't help that the country is sometimes literally on fire this year. That was can like <laughs> yeah. can you at guys, multiple points. Right. Do you, well not the not just the country, like a billion animals died in Australia in January. Yeah. A billion horrible. animals, and we don't talk about that at all. Like half their country was on fire. I, that feels like it was five years ago. Right? This is this year has been the longest decade of my life. <laughs> yeah. And so, but the thing is, because of this doom scrolling and this thing that we sort of partially done to ourselves, people uh, like who are trapped inside for much longer than they want to be uh, have taken to taken to social media and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and because this year is a shit show, there's no shortage of terrible things for them to read or find out about or hear about or argue with their family about or whatever. So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about social media today, but the thing I want to talk about as well is this political fatigue, which came in before has been a part of the last four years. This idea of there being, and I... I've already talked to <laughs> Andy and Pat about this, but my goal for this episode is not to talk about specific politics, but sort of have a meta conversation about this stuff. But there has been a particular thing that has been going on for at least the last four years <laughs> that has taken up quite a bit of our news feed every single day. Game of Thrones? No, that season eight was so bad. Oh, man, it was awful. Like, that, that, that thing with Sansa was pretty good. But we're not talking about that. Yeah, so I would really like to hear Drew's perspective on this. Right. I watched three episodes of Game of Thrones and then just never watched another one. Yeah. I'm not a medieval guy. There you go. I, I don't give... Fair enough. I don't... Yeah, but... I don't care about that time period, even if it's made up bullshit. But there are boobies and peepees. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, the, good episode, the, everybody. <laughs> but I actually did not mean God, I didn't mean your perspective on Game of Thrones but thank you for that but your perspective on oh, the, the stream well, of okay. that Nathan has illuminated for us <laughs> or the fire uh, it's like drinking from a fire hose right that's, what, that's the term for it drinking from a fire hose right exactly but I don't know even though, like, the whole world's on fire, I still kind of want Facebook to be like, hey, here's a picture of my lunch. <laughs> oh, taking the kids to school or whatever, you know. 
I, I want to know what's happening in my friends' lives, and that's not a thing anymore. People are only sharing, I don't like this politician. That's my whole <laughs> personality at this point, and all you need to know about me. Right. And I, like, I don't, that's, you know, I'm missing that connection between people, because I don't care that much about <laughs> that part. You know, I want to know more about what's going on in people's lives and what people are doing. I miss Facebook from like 2010, I guess. Yeah, I think that's right because there's not really, that was what Facebook was about. It was about like, look at these pancakes or like, it's my grandma's birthday. Hey, yeah, party at my house tonight. I want that. It's like, there's no shortage of places where you can go doom scrolling about the news or politics or anything like that. But the whole purpose of Facebook in the first place, well, the whole purpose of Facebook in the first place was to show pictures of hot girls at Mark Zuckerberg's college so that people could, like, thumbs up them or thumbs down them. I kind of wish that I could opt out of, like, third-party links. Yeah. I I think if I could just take that part of Facebook away, Hmm. it would be so much better. Right. Because slowly, Facebook has turned into a significantly easier version of every other new site. <laughs> like, exactly. I don't need Facebook to be a shitty news site. There's all kinds of news sites. I'll go to those if I want to. I, you know, I want to find out, you know, what art people are working on. I know a, a lot of people are working on more art these days, and I... Don't feel like I'm hearing enough about it. Well, and then every now and then, like, I mean, you might have your your aunt, your grandma, your cousin, whoever, who might have strong political opinions, and you you absolutely love them to death. Like, you love them as people, but you don't see eye to eye, and so either you post something and they see it, or they post something and you see it, and it's, it's about you know, this political stance and like, you don't, that's not what you love about that person. But now you have this manufactured conflict that like you didn't even need to need to bring to the forefront. It's just like, you know, you wanted to express yourself on Facebook and they came across it or, you know, whatever. It's like, that's, that's not what's important about our relationship. And um, you know, we should be bringing people together instead of like trying to divide them like that. I've seen posts where people are like, okay, if you support X, Y, and Z, just go ahead and unfriend me now. I've, I've yeah. unfriended three people this year. I've unfriended a couple a few people this year. And it was like each time it had, well, it didn't have to do with, it was because of, it was because of political stuff. It wasn't, it, none of it was political for me, or at least it wasn't a political thing from my perspective. It uh, had to do with racism. I couldn't, I, like, that's my line in the sand. We're, we're done as soon as you cross it, and three people crossed it. So I'm particularly bad at this, uh, because I also saw people uh, post trashy, racist stuff on Facebook, and then screenshotted it, and sent it to their employers. Mm. Cool, great work, I guess. I'm not saying I'm proud of it, uh, but 
Mm, I, I am not. So, and again, this is not where I want to delve into. I'm not saying this is healthy. I'm not saying what I did was a good thing, but I am saying that I think there should be consequences for doing terrible shit. And I think if you get up in a public space and you're, you should be held accountable for whatever you say in that public space. And, you know, I say some pretty controversial stuff on Facebook and, you know, <laughs> I'll stand by it, but, you know, it's going to rub some people the wrong way. Some people are not going to like some of the things I have to say. And so I have to, you know, be I have to be ready for all of the repercussions of that. If that means some potential employer decides they don't want to hire me because they don't agree with that thing I said, that might happen. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. I think that but it's that kind of attitude that I have certainly fed into and certainly made worse um, through my personal posts and what I uh, choose to care about and the fact that I go on Facebook and thrash trolls as a hobby, I've made the problem worse. And so McDonald's early on basically decided we're going to sell anything anybody wants. Like it doesn't matter if we make mixed, mixed spaghetti or McPizza or McFlurry or burgers or whatever. Our, we're in the business of giving people what they want. And I feel like for a while, that's what Facebook did. But then at some point, they switched from giving people what they want to figuring out what will keep your eyeballs on the screen for the longest period of time. And that's instead of joy or creativity or inspiration, that instead is outrage. Yeah, exactly. It's anger. And so if, if you're on looking for uh, your friend's baby pictures or, you know, like looking at uh, pictures of pie that your friend made or skulking around on your ex-boyfriend or girlfriend's uh, page trying to find them in pictures at the beach or whatever, you can't find that stuff anymore, damn it. Hmm. Uh, okay. If, if I want to see my high school boyfriend in a banana hammock, I should be able to find it. Right. Well, so in a only tangentially related note, we are coming up on an inauguration that marks the end of a long fight and election and court battles and all this other bullshit that maybe, just maybe, after January 20th, we can all breathe a sigh of relief of just not dealing with like targeted political ads not dealing with, like, people talking about it all the time. Like, maybe we could just focus on something else for a little while. Well, so I think there's something to be said for the degree of political awareness that uh, the country has really been in, especially this last year and, and, and the last four years. Um, more people are more engaged than ever before. We had the highest voter turnout in 120 some years. Uh, I think that there are some good things that come from people being exposed to the, the information that they may not necessarily. So it, to me, it comes down to there's this sort of a, a it, 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 I don't know what the term is when it's, it just sounds funny, but it's a little dynamic between, uh, 
the what is the people's interest versus what is the in the interest of the people, which is to say, what people like and want isn't necessarily good for them and in their best interest. So, um, or vice versa, you know, the things that are in your best interest might not be the things that you want. And this, this degree of, of, of political awareness that we've been seeing from, from Americans lately comes from being constantly exposed to this negativity, which is not really what you're there for. It's not really what you're seeking out. You don't want really, so, I mean, there's there's neurochemical reasons and stuff. You get serotonin and dopamine bursts and stuff when you see different types of stories. And that the, and there's the, the big A algorithm that goes into Facebook and Twitter and stuff that tries to pop up. So there's this divide between what's in the public interest, what's good for the public, and, and uh, what the public is interested in, what people find interesting. You know, that's where tabloids come up, right? They don't benefit society gossip about celebrities who gives a rat's ass. But people are interested because it gets them out of their bubble or whatever, and it's what people want. But does that have maybe in turn a negative effect on society by creating vacuous succules of hollow, shallow moronity? I'm, at least 60% of those words do not exist in the English language. <laughs> they do now. But anyway, um, so in my mind, right, there's there's the, the big A algorithm that's a, one of the big issues. And, um, and you know, I think the, the anger that feeds into that, it could feed positive cycles of kittens and puppies and breakfast. But instead, right now, it feeds... These negative stories. Well, and so the weird thing is, like, people are clamoring for content right now because we're spending so much of our times on a screen. And I do want to bring up, Drew is part of uh, the Cleveland-based Sad Boys Social Club, which puts on, does very, very funny stuff on on YouTube and uh, did live shows before that whole part of our lives was affected by cancel culture. Um, and I just wanted to know, like, Drew, have you found it more difficult to be creative during the pandemic? Like, how has it affected the sad boys? Um, at first, uh, well, we didn't meet for between, like, the end of March and, like, the beginning of April so much, and that was really kind of getting to me and I finally like freaked out and we started having zoom meetings, but honestly it's maybe motivated us. If anything, um, you know, once we started having zoom meetings, we shot out a half hour special in two weeks. (laughs) Um, that's, that's not really a joke. We totally actually did that. Um, uh, but that was just coronavirus jokes nice. for half an hour. <laughs> but it was um. good. It was, it was really good. Like, I found, so for what it's worth, I always look forward to the stuff you put out because it's on my playlist of stuff that makes me not want to, like, hit myself over and over again in the head with a hammer. <laughs> and so, like, 
I've appreciated your guys' content because it helps me sort of get through stuff. And, like, some of your stuff is so good. I mean, I do. yeah. I mean, not the stuff you do, the other people that you work with. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Got it. But, yeah, uh, so, yeah, we made a fake news special. And uh, that did pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, we are always thinking. Um, maybe because people have been working less. But, yeah, it, we're always coming up with stuff. And we're always working on the next thing. I think for us, even, with the, to, to peek behind the curtains a little bit for our audience, you know, when for us on the podcast, we... we we hit a little bit of a hurdle when we had to start do, using, uh, you know, technology and, and, and Skype calling from our homes. But once we once we got that new the new normal figured out, I think what we've actually found is a potentially better system than what we had before, and 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 our creativity is really spied. I think we've put out some really cool episodes. Yeah. So once we found our footing in the new format. The creativity was able to flow. I love, again for I us. love parodies of like the news format, and like really, that's what I aspire for this podcast to be, is that we are fake news. But yeah, um, yeah I love that premise. That premise is so funny because like it's such a put on like manufactured thing, and you've got the the music that's like like that that whole setup is just really yeah. funny to me. Did you guys do any graphics? Uh, we did. Uh, it looks like a news show. You should check it out. It's called W A N K in Action News. W A N K. And then I think it's just called Coronavirus Special, maybe? Coronavirus Special Report? Something like that. Uh, we'll get it in the doobly doo for everybody. I drew for way. Just yeah. so you know, we call our show notes the doobly doo. So I'll make sure that we get a okay. direct link to that special. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. The big change that's kind of happened again with like the creative process is that we've stopped filming on more than an individual level at this point. Like people are just filming w- inside their houses, which is what we did at the beginning with the WA and K special. All those were done separately, mm-hmm. but now we're back to that. Um, as the virus has risen again, we got, we did two of those where it was separated and then we did one special where we all filmed together at, uh, one of our members houses. And then, um, if you'll check out, or if you've seen our Christmas videos that we just put out, I made one of them at my house and Kristen Galewood, who's another member just made her video at her house. And that's kind of back where we're at. And, you know, there's definitely confines to um, not how like not writing for a group so mm-hmm. much. We're we're writing monologues, you know, or fortunately, there's a couple households that have two members in them, except the people that are doing a lot of the stuff is like me and Kristen. And yeah, we're not. We're the only people whose roommate or boyfriend, girlfriend isn't, you know, the other person living with them in the house. <laughs> right. 
Uh, so we should do, we should have those people do more stuff. Uh, Nick and Jeremy and, uh, Tabitha and Dylan, but I don't know. It was like the last thing I put out was we were talking about the Grinch earlier and I did kind of a Christmas story, uh, written by a scumbag basically. (laughs) Um, this guy, Mark Bookus, uh, he's not a good guy, but, uh, he, it's, it's about Ebenezer Scrooge, but it's really, it's, it's about the Grinch, but he's Ebenezer Scrooge kind of thing. Um, just cause the guy was kind of confused about, <laughs> uh, uh sorry, I'm not a big Dickens fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's just really, there's a lot of, it brings in a lot of pop culture things and it's just this big mixed up stew kind of story that I wrote. Um, like, he, he hated all the Who's in Whoville, but, you know, there was the smartest Who in Whoville, who was <laughs> Doctor Who, and, you know, all this stuff kind of gets jumbled together, but it's uh, nice. It's a lot of fun, but again, I, I feel like I could have written, you know, something that would be more fun to do with my right, friends, yeah. rather than just... Mm-hmm. You know, staring into a camera and drawing all these pictures, and because yeah, it's an illustrated thing. But one, well, a lot of a lot of like shows have realized that they can't do normal episodes, but they'll do a Zoom episode. So I know uh, Parks and Recreation was one of my favorite shows, and they <laughs> came back and did an episode Thirty Rock, another one of my favorite episodes. They came back and did a Zoom episode as well. And West Wing. Yep. Well, the West Wing got together in person. Like that wasn't a Zoom episode. Oh, they, that's true. They that's did it true. in person. That's true. But again, I know they're one of my favorite shows. But the thing is, how long can you keep that up for? Like a Zoom show is only yeah. is only useful. Like how how many different angles to that bit can you find? Well, you know? one of my one of my uh, favorite sitcoms, Superstore. They have they put they did a season and they were all wearing masks the whole time, like or most of the time or distancing. I mean, like you could tell that they were actually just doing the, they they built it into the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that they also were kind of quarantining during filming. <laughs> so if we could if we could replace like all of the negative attack ads and all the stuff that like inundates us on all of these platforms and replace it with like cute pictures of kittens or like positive uplifting stories about um you know firefighters like saving children from a burning building or something like what what do you think would be like the good unifying positive message that we should replace all this negativity with And it, uh, not everybody at once. Well, and I think that's the thing. It, it, it's not going to work for everybody at once. You can't have hmm. one unifying right. message. And I think that's part of the problem. Because, yeah, what what unifies some people would not unify yeah. other people. I I wish there could be an answer like that, but I don't... Like, the problem is working directly against uh, that sort of solution. And, like, the way I feel about it is, like, 
there's there's what I would like, and I think I would very much like a platform like how Drew describes it, where you get some of the nice things about people's lives, maybe not always national news or something like that, but I kind of feel like if you weren't posting negative stuff this year, you had your head in the sand. And I think that is sort of like also inherently built in to that sort of process. And the thing is, it would have been real nice, real nice for me to stick my head in the sand a couple of times this year. And I would love to have a place where I could go do that. But we don't have that anymore. Right. So I don't want to go into like specifics about like, you know, this political party said this or this political party said this. But in a general sense, like when we change power nowadays, you've got people calling for like the other person to be put in prison or like, you know, we need to not only defeat our political opponents, we need to, you know, punish them, destroy or, them or put them in prison right. or in the more extreme versions, like even threaten their lives. Like that's not okay. That's not okay to do over something like an election or something like a scandal. Like we should have a little bit of human decency that we're not going to like, you know, execute people in the streets. We're, we're, I consider the greatest country in the world. And like, we're not, we're not like a war torn country where we're, you know, executing the last deposed dictator. Hopefully. Uh, I mean, we <laughs> are barely pulling off a, an election. That's fair. Uh, there's, there's at this point, I have to say that there's a pretty high likelihood that we're going to have to watch the current president escorted out of the White House by Secret Service personnel in order to give it over to the next president. And that doesn't happen in functioning countries and functioning democracies that doesn't happen in the best country in the world i'm sorry we just cannot claim that title anymore well i mean i don't know that we could ever like honestly claim it but i think we've talked about this in other episodes like i think that america has possibly the greatest promise <laughs> of any country in the world i think the potential of what we could be is extraordinary. And I think we have done some pretty good stuff from time to time and some atrocious, terrible stuff way more often. Yeah. But we, we are America. I would say we pulled off a fine election. When you see that we didn't have a good election, what you're seeing is one side's take on the election. It, the election worked fine. It did exactly what it was supposed so, to do. The the mechanics have worked fine. Yeah. And and that was actually a really great accomplishment, but it's also being pretty much nullified by this never ending trumpet of falsehoods. And Well, I, w I want to apologize for getting us off track because I feel like we wanted to bring Drew on for a non political episode, and I guess that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think it's some of the stuff you can get around and some of the stuff you just have to plow through. And I feel yeah. like we've, we've about plowed through this. <laughs> I, I'm fine. Uh, so, Drew, how do you feel about the Whig party? The Tories? The Whigs? I don't know that, like, I'm 
unfortunately ignorant about the Whig Party. <laughs> Good. I don't think they they haven't been around in like 140 years. Fozzie so, uh, Bear made a joke <laughs> about it once. Yeah. There you go. I, I'm familiar with the name, but I I can't tell you what their message was or their Fun fact, there's an H in there. So Whig. I didn't know that. Whig. Whig. Um, Whig. Okay. So what are can <laughs> I like so one thing one of the reasons I want to have you on through is I think you got very frustrated a couple of times this year with social media. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, you did a thing that I think almost nobody does that was incredibly healthy for you, and you dropped out of social media, like, at least a couple of times this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely did a couple times this year, because, like I was saying before, it feels more like a news website, and I just, it's, it's, and people are so toxic on there, like, there are people seeking out Mm. fights. Yeah. Like, uh, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who, but I think Nathan and Andy know this person as well. Good morning, class. A certain agitator, for privacy's sake, let's call her Lisa S. No, that's too obvious. Uh, Let's say L. Simpson. But a friend of mine posted something about protests and how they felt like they made everything seem like a riot or, you know, uh, what about kneeling or something like that. And not only did someone on her friends list start attacking her, they tagged someone else in the post so that they would see it and join in the fight. Well, listen, I've done that. I've, I've tagged someone in. I think I've tagged Nathan in once or twice. But like the funny thing was Andy tagged me into a conversation the other day. I was like, I kind of think the other guy is right. And then didn't like, didn't like jump in at all. Uh, I don't remember what the conversation was. No, it was, it was with a, with a friend of ours, but I think you were just frustrated with it and you knew that I had known it. Oh yeah. And so I went and I made sure to read everything and I didn't like jump in on either side. No, that's, that's fine. I guess in this situation, the thing that made it different was that these people were only there to verbally like abuse people. They weren't there to have any real political discussion. The people on the left side weren't any nicer. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like that's a thing. It was just a bunch of people being dicks. Well, there's, like, and, the anonymity of it, right? I mean, even though your name is yeah. attached, you're not looking at someone. You don't have to see how your words hurt them. That sounds really, like... No, that's a good point. Meh. <laughs> your words hurt me. But, like... On Facebook, your name is attached to your argument. Like, whereas uh, Pat is on a Discord where everybody is anonymous and posts some pretty wild I think. And I think that that level anonymity, like even Facebook, absolutely, you you have the it's not anonymity, but I'm not staring you in the face when I'm having the right. conversation. So, so, somebody asked so it's me easy. Uh, yesterday. Somebody asked me, "Do you have any actual fascists in the Discord?" And I had to I had to think like, hmm. I mean, I don't I don't think so, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> if you can't one hundred percent rule out fascists, that's fun. Yeah. Well, and and so you know now, and I don't think that, that we joke about this, but I don't think it's really any better. <laughs> the 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 right wing people now that Facebook has finally decided to start not allowing white nationalism to run rampant. A lot of these far right wingers have defected to parlor where now they all just have this one enormous racist echo chamber, which then some people will go in and take some screenshots of some horrible things people say and post it up on Facebook. So we get to see what kind of lunacy and horrible, evil nastiness. And, and that way we get to be all pissed off about it anyway, even though they left. So what I'd like to talk about for a minute is, like, screen addiction. I know that I have a mm-hmm. big problem with this in my life, like, managing the different aspects of my life and not letting a screen, like, absolutely take it over. And you see this with, like, um, my sister and her husband are raising two small children, two small boys, and, like, really taking a careful look at, like, all right, we're going to limit the screen time to, like, a certain number of hours or, like, an hour a day, and we're going to make sure that they have, like, other activities that are going. Um, I feel like in in my upbringing, I wasn't successfully, even though my parents tried, I wasn't successfully limited in, like, that, that screen time. And um, it's grown into like a full blown addiction. So Drew, when you when you mentioned that like sometimes you'll just take like a break and just like cut it out for a little while, that almost sounds like like you're doing like a detox, like you're resetting that um, that reward system, that like uh, you know your your dopamine system for. Uh yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that's true. I just it's. Especially mm. during certain periods, uh, especially this year, I just get to a point where, like, I would immediately be angry as soon as I get on Facebook. Mm. And uh, I would just do that still over and over and over again through the course of a day and just be angry all the time. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> I would cut out. Just Facebook, though. Right. Um, right. Like, I didn't, like, cut down right. on video games or YouTube. <laughs> My Pornhub usage was just the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. They have, they have great articles on that site. <laughs> I went to less political Pornhub pages, per se, but... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so... Something that kind of drives me nuts, and this goes all the way back to 2016, is the whole, like, disinformation, fake news kerfuffle, right? Because what Donald Trump did when he ran for president and started talking about fake news is he created a huge rift, this big divide, where some people would believe what they heard from these sources... And some people would believe what they heard from these other sources. And the 
they did not overlap. There was no overlap anymore. Um, now people are, you know, the Republicans were getting their information from Fox News, Infowars, OAN. Everyone else is getting their news from the AP, Reuters, NPR, Al Jazeera, reputable news sources. <laughs> and, like... Then there was this whole bit about the Russians and that they were disseminating this, disseminating this misinformation into our news stream, into our social media, these memes about Hillary Clinton and stuff like that. And the thing that drives me absolutely bonkers about all of this is if you want to know the truth about something, you can, you can follow the sources. You can go and find the original, like, studies that are being cited in a, in a news uh, news story, or, it, you know, if you see a meme that Hillary Clinton eats babies in a pizza shop, you can go ahead and <laughs> see, find out. Why would you, why would you make something up when the actual thing is like just as crazy that, that, uh, the Clintons and Democrats were holding children hostage in the basement of a pizza place that didn't have a basement. <laughs> right. Like, this is not hard to go and follow up on, is my point here. Do you here. guys know that Michelle Obama is a dude? What? Well, so there's there's a legitimacy crisis in in which news <laughs> that you are willing to trust with that Thank information. You, and there's, there's enough people who think, like, oh, you know, the news sources that you probably like very much, they take no stock in whatsoever and the news sources that they like right oh yeah because are full of shit. oh cnn that's just liberal propaganda <laughs> oh infowars that's just conservative propaganda when in Those reality two things are not equal though <laughs> you can't say cnn and infowars and act like it's two sides of the same teeter-totter <laughs> i so there's a there's a really really amazing chart and we will put it in the doobly doo here that that really plots all of the different um, you know news sources quote unquote because they include right. things like Infowars, uh, but they plot them on this graph bias. of like left right bias and how much it's just the facts or opinion and interpretation or whatever, and right. you know that is a great place to start if you're looking at some article who wrote it and where do they land on this thing? What am so, I consuming? But the question is... You know, it's is, like a food and, label. Right. I mean, the question is, in real life, this is true as well, because we all have gone to a Thanksgiving in our lives or whatever. Not this year. Um, <laughs> no, not this year. Uh, I already talked about that and uh, my Rona uh, that I got. Yeah. And we don't ever leave the house. I don't understand how we got it. Never mind. I'm off of it. I'm not talking about it anymore. But <laughs> what I don't understand and what I struggle with is... I think part of my personality is I really try and be a kind person. My mom is incredibly kind, except on Facebook for whatever god reason, which I think is probably a good a good indicator of like how toxic it is. But my mom is very kind. A lot of my friends when I was growing up were very kind, and I learned how to do some like pretty good insult humor when I was younger, and I felt pretty bad about it. So. I tried to, like, turn in the other direction in my normal life. Uh, not that I don't have a lot of that, but there's not. 
there's not a lot of room for kindness. What I don't know how to deal with is I try and be kind with people, but I don't know how to be kind and treat someone like a normal person other than saying thank you and walking away from the conversation. When they say stuff like, well, chemtrails turn the frickin' frogs gay, or whatever. <laughs> Nobody well, believes. So if I can jump in on that, so that is about a chemical that's called atrazine. It's a pesticide, and all the studies that were done to say that atrazine was safe was, were funded by Syngenta. There's, there's a short... YouTube documentary that's that's about this <laughs> about the scientist Tyrone Hayes whose whose work was silenced in in this subject but I, that's a story for another day. Where's where's YouTube on that chart by the way? Right. Where where does YouTube land on the bias accuracy <laughs> chart? But uh, no, I, I think but that's the thing like people do find YouTube documentaries as a source and it's nothing. Now if that YouTube documentary says well, according to Reuters, this, and according to this scientific study done by the University of Pennsylvania, this. Right. That's, well, so, that's how a documentary works. And I should, like, so what I, about, as a consumer, I should follow up then and double check that too. So what about really? the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America? Because that, sure. that is the article uh, that I'll link me, in the doobly-doo now. Yes. Let me, let me go ahead and say... I do not want to spend the rest of this episode talking about chemtrails turning frogs gay. But I will throw a fact check in right here. Fact check, fact check, fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. No, chemtrails aren't turning frogs gay. But there is something to be genuinely worried about here. The problem with this story is less about substance and more about presentation. First of all, Chemtrails aren't a thing. Contrails are a thing. They're made of water in the form of ice crystals, and they don't turn anything, anything. Secondly, nothing is turning frogs gay. That's nothing. There is, however, an issue with one of the most widely used pesticides in the world, atrazine. According to research, it creates hermaphroditic frogs with both ovaries and testes. It dampens the drive to breed in frogs and other amphibians, and it can turn 1 in 10 male frogs from biologically male to biologically female. That's messed up, and we should probably do more research into it. But for the time being, the company that produces atrazine has chosen to investigate and harass scientists who have looked into it. It's all really messed up, and there are details in the doobly-doo. But again, chemtrails, not a thing. Anyway, let's get back to the show. But like that's that's the thing. Like people have sketchy sketchy sources and some of those sources are genuine. I, like they're they're I was gonna say I remember seeing like at the height of coronavirus, a friend of mine shared it as a joke, but there were people legitimately behind this thing where it was this priest or something that was like explaining how the coronavirus was the beginning of the end times and the coronavirus vaccine is going to be mark of the beast yeah the mark of the beast but yep. at one point <laughs> oh in this God. video this guy says that the scientists that make quantum computers don't know how they work 
Like, this guy clearly had no idea what he was talking about. Right. And well, But I'm sure he I'm sure he meticulously sourced his sources and put them down at the bottom of the screen whenever he said something. I mean, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. And I don't know exactly what her position was, but a pretty high up advisor in the White House in this was uh talking about how there's like demon sperm in the uh vaccine or something like that. <laughs> she I she mean, was a <laughs> She she was an advisor to the president. Like, and she was an official White House advisor. An official she, White House advisor. I'm so pissed off at this point in 2020. <laughs> like, this is what I'm talking about. I spend too much time doom scrolling, and I'm like this all the time. So here, I feel like we've done, at this point, a pretty good setup for this problem. What's the god solution? This is, this is what I, I spend my days thinking about, because... I spend an inordinate amount of time on Facebook with my mom trying to convince conservative trolls of what the truth is. Well, you're wasting and your time. It is. Well, I, I'm not actually because I like we've come we've come to an understanding multiple times. The problem is the expectation of what success looks like in that situation. What success looks like for me is not that we agree on something, but that we come to an understanding that like my goal is never to be right. My goal is for us to come to the correct solution, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So if they bring something up, I don't care how biased it is. I'll go look at it. Now I'm going to tear it apart if it doesn't make sense, which it normally doesn't. But what I want to talk about now is how do we come up with a solution where people can all agree like, Oh, this color is black. And this color is white. And this is a this is the floor. And this is what a hamburger is. Because we don't agree with on those things. Like, we don't agree on things that are, like, objectively true. Well, first of all, I'll take an impossible burger. Thank you. Nice. So, I mean, one thing... Ooh, shout out to vegan. One thing that we could do, and this is, like, a hard thing to do to implement, but we could approach the the subject of news the way that we approach like peer reviewed journals in science mm -hmm. like you know in order for something to be taken as true we have to make a hypothesis and test that hypothesis and then be able to replicate that hypothesis yeah you know i mean the the way that we're doing things now is uh information moves too fast they say that, like, a, a lie travels around the world three times before the truth can get out the door. Uh, before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. Chance to Boots get its on? pants on. I, here's a, here's a, I'm, it's, a, it's a Twain quote. I'll go ahead and put it in here. Fact check. Fact check. Fact check. And welcome back to Fact Check. A lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth can get its boots on. Pat and I were both wrong, but I was wrong twice. This quote is often attributed to Twain, but it's often attributed to him from 1919. The problem is that Twain died in 1910. The etymology of this quote is a little messy, and I want to promote a website that I love once again. I think I've mentioned it before, but QuoteInvestigator.com does great research into where quotes come from and who originally said them. In this case, the first known case of a quote like this was from 1710 from Jonathan Swift, who wrote, 
Falsehood flies and the truth comes limping after it. If you're interested in more information about it, the link is in the doobly-doo. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Back check, back check, back check. Um, no, I, I think it's a, it's a real problem because I think, you know, so a lot of people's impulse would be, well, why don't we have an independent fact checker that all of, like, it has to get stamped by them to be counted as real news or something. But we have the same problem there where, like, well, you still need people to buy into them. As, yeah. as or maybe government-controlled news. That See, and that's terrifying. That's, that, yeah, that's there. There's a couple of problems with that idea, <laughs> and the first one of them is like that's the foundation of I, our democracy. The, the first one <laughs> right. of them is that most people in China don't know about the Tiananmen Square incident, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and China's how many billions of people? I mean, that is not okay. That can't that and and in America the freedom of the press is one of our most uh, well for most of us the freedom of the press is one of our most cherished freedoms in our First Amendment for the current president it is his worst enemy although he's found a way around it via Fox News OAN etc. But for me, part of this whole like not posting any political stuff on social media which is something I've done for a couple years now ish like a lot of the breaks and stuff that I took that was like later but a lot of it started with me actually sharing fake news and Mm -hmm. people would call me out on it like I don't know I I remember I shared a meme where it said that Trump's mother had said that he was stupid right that was, do you guys mm-hmm. remember that meme that like went around a bit? Turned out she never said that. And I think one other thing that I shared at some point, someone, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to just avoid the whole thing. I'm not going to disseminate false information. And mm-hmm. to avoid that, I'm just not going to <laughs> do anything. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to never repost something that's of a political nature or even stating facts if I don't know for sure that they're true. Right. I mean, for me, whenever I, especially when I have these conversations with these trolls, I need to make sure whatever I give them is 100% accurate. So generally, I've gotten in the habit of whenever I find a story especially if it seems too good or too bad to be true, I always look for three separate sources. I look for three sources that independently verify the information so that I can see, okay, this is accurate, and these people all agree, at least in in large part with each other. But that takes time, too. And, you know, you've got to have your list, again, of... of- what what is a trusted source that can count for that you know um and there's so many different news outlets out there now that you can find three four you can find a dozen two dozen three dozen well maybe not that many but you can find lots and lots of other people writing the same writing about the same thing writing the same basic take 
uh, to reinforce it and to back up, you know, oh, I can point to six, seven different articles that say blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I bet you can because one of the things that, um, one of the forms of fake news out there is that apparently Russians would just hire freelance writers to just write articles based on absolutely nothing. And then they'd put them out there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, you literally just people making stuff up, thinking that it's like a short story or something or, or who knows that they're, I don't really understand why these people took the jobs if they're making stuff up, but whatever, not very journalistic of them, but they want to get disinformation is, out. There is right. Well, no, not the writers, the freelance writers, are just people who are looking for work. Right, with a graduate, you know, college degree that they can't pay for. Right, so it's a it's a propaganda war, is what mm-hmm. it is. And the problem is that in general, people are not really willing to follow the sources back to verify the veracity of what they are reading. I don't know why I slipped into a slight southern accent on that word. That's my thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Drew and I are going to be starting a, a, a site called Cuddlebook, and when you go on, we're going to have a an algorithm. Every time you upload a picture, it double checks that it's only of flowers or uh, pets, um, babies. I think recipes would be okay. Babies, babies would be good, but not, but not uh, political makes, babies. Right? Yeah. No, no babies with Donald Trump wigs. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I feel like there's a Nixon baby pun in there somewhere. I I, I can almost so, get to it. I, I couldn't get to it, though. So if I want flowers and meals and babies, I'll uh-huh. go to Cuddlebook. Cuddlebook.biz. We couldn't get the com. And if I want fascists and white nationalists, I'll go to Pat's Discord server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Parlor. Oh my goodness. Which, by the way, a few fans of the show. <laughs> well, hey there, fascists and white nationalists. <laughs> Glad you listened to us. We don't like you. I, I'm i just kidding. You listen to the show. You're one of six awesome people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do an episode on your fascism. Let's do it. <laughs> but I think the better, I mean, what you really want, I should say, is. A balance. What you really want is a platform where there is some news being tossed around, but there's also plenty of space for people <laughs> to talk about other things. And is it what's the what's the real issue here? Is it the platform? Is it the like we said, fire hose of water coming of news coming out of the the government? Uh, is it just the bad combination of both. So, personally, and <laughs> I do not feel particularly positive about this, I think the problem is two things. Uh, the first one is human nature. The things that we read about on Facebook and the way people interact, that's kind of human nature working itself out. The second thing is... I keep thinking about this line that I heard on the news at one point. I couldn't begin to tell you where it came from. But the idea is that when you use a service like Facebook every day, 
and you don't pay anything for it and you can't figure out what the product is, you are the product. We, we are the product that Facebook is producing. We, our eyeballs, our information is what Facebook is producing. Its ability to track what we like, what we do, who we are, how we interact, and then spit out commercials, advertisements at us. And then to sell our personal information to third parties. And so I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before. I don't care for billionaires. Um, hmm. And part of what really? happens... Yeah, that's that, weird. Oh. Um, part of what happens is Facebook is a company that wants to destroy competition. And we know that because when Instagram came out, they decided to buy it. And they tried to buy out Snapchat. And Snapchat said, no, thank you. And so what they did was... They switched over to Instagram and are like, oh, here's Instagram stories. Weird thing about Instagram stories is they're exactly the same thing that Snapchat did. And so what happened was Facebook was like, we want to buy your company. And if we can't buy your company, we're going to destroy it. And so there. Which makes sense, right? I mean, it, it's understandable that, you know, if I want my company to be as good as it can be, right? I need to be better than the competition. Right. I don't want your company to be as good as it can be. It's I not, like, company. outrageous, though, that a company is trying to beat out the other companies who are doing the same thing. They're trying to put a better product out in the marketplace or whatever. And the problem is, and whatever, we don't need to talk about this more, but part of the problem with everything that has gone wrong with our uh, society and will continue to get worse is this idea that we're going to gobble up as many of the resources as we can and a larger amount of value, a larger amount of profit, a larger amount of wealth is going to be in the hands of fewer and fewer companies and fewer and fewer people. And Facebook is the number one example of that. And as long as we are products, as long as we're products, it's going to keep on getting worse. It's never going to get better because it won't. The, the reason why we see this stuff is that they've realized that anger, that, that animosity that they can build up is valuable to them. It's, it's a resource. Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. And, uh, oh, Drew, did you think of. Okay. So I was going to say like two things. Um, first of all, I think part of this comes from like feelings of, inadequacy especially with mm -hmm. like intelligence and so i think a lot of this uh what what's attractive about it is that you get to say oh no what most people think is not the truth but what i think is the truth you know what yeah i got these very exclusive uh sources that no one else listens to but you know, I'm part of this exclusive group My that knows Jerry say better than everybody else. I think that there's a real power in that. And the other thing I was going to say was, if people can't tell by now, I'm very left-leaning. I'm probably, people who listen to the show would probably put me in, like, the Nathan camp. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
the reason I say that is because I don't think everyone else's Facebook feed is going to look the same as mine. And one thing that bothers me, and this is from the left that I keep seeing, is let's murder and eat Jeff Bezos. Mm, but he would be so tasty. Do you guys, do you guys get a lot of that? Because I... Oh, yeah. we, get, we get a quite a bit of that from Nathan. Yeah. yeah. And He's I say... rich. It's the only thing they're very good for. And I say, get off the pot. Um, <laughs> Je- Jeff, you hear that? I'm coming for you with a fork. Oh, boy. I don't know. It's uh, just it's weird to have this thing that you say that you have no intention of following through with. <laughs> well, I will say I have never said that I'm going to eat Jeff Bezos. Um, I know. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just saying I haven't. I'm just saying that... I know quite a few people on Facebook that do routinely say that, and I don't <laughs> go and say, hey, bring it off the pot, because I don't want, like, to be a, an accessory to murder, per se. Right. Here's, a, here's a, an episode I would love to have. Why are liberals so goddamn bad at naming things and coming up with slogans for shit? Like, who was like, yeah, let's eat rich people. Like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? What was that? So, so my my uh, my point about the to 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 get back to um, you know the this outrage addiction that we have with the social media. Yeah, um, I like that phrasing. So, so my thing about that is like, yeah, you can blame the media companies. You can blame the people spreading disinformation. You can blame Facebook and the platform itself, but they're only partially responsible for this. And I think uh, an element that we are kind of missing from this conversation is that you personally are contributing to that outrage machine. If you are going on and participating, if you are posting something, if you even just pay attention to something that is specifically tailored and designed to generate the most anger out of you that's possible, you're in some small microscopic way contributing to that system. And we have set up that reward system for them. Like these are the things that we have uh, rewarded and that's what we have now because of that uh, incentive structure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Except that when I do it, it's different. <laughs> okay. You know, that is, that is a good point that Andy's made there. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that those entities are blameless by any means. No. Well, listen, I think that you're, you know, you, you make a very good point. I mean, that's one of the, like one of the central pillars of living in a liberal democracy, big L liberal democracy um is is as an individual you have rights but you also have responsibilities you play a part Mm -hmm. in this ecosystem of a society and if you are a consuming information without checking its truthiness and that brings us to tonight's word truthiness (laughs) because that's where the truth comes from ladies and gentlemen the gut Do you know you have more nerve endings in your stomach than in your head? (laughs) Look it up. 
Now, somebody's gonna say, I did look that up, and it's wrong. Well, mister, that's because you looked it up in a book. Next time, try looking it up in your gut. Truthfulness, there we go. And worse, dishing it back out, or, or just dishing out outrage, even if it is based on truth, you are a part of that, and you have to acknowledge your own participants. I think that is really important. I think, um, I know I let myself off the hook for it a lot because I, well, but I'm right, and but I've done my research, and I know why I'm, out, why I'm justified to be this outraged, but I'm still feeding into it. Right. Yeah, I, again, try not to. I, if you look at my Facebook page, Nathan and Andy might, realize this i don't share i share like memes about tv shows and <laughs> and that's it and i i talk about what's actually happening in, happening in my life i don't every once in a while i'll i i, I will say i'm not a non-participant because every once in a while i'll throw a comment even sometimes on like nathan was saying maybe one of his mom's posts because she <laughs> I, I do know her, and she's a lovely woman, but... She is. Uh, Off of Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, I still like to participate with my friends to a certain extent, but, you know, I I shut down my stream of resharing that stuff a long time ago. Hmm. Your mom's an I entertaining think... euchre player. Yes. Um, yeah, she's she good. Play she's euchre. real good. Yeah. I taught her everything she knows. <laughs> um, well, I want to, I want to say something before we, I would say I was much looser with my social media and like, there have been years where I posted twice and one was like made good chicken tonight or whatever, like some <laughs> like funny thing yeah. I thought of or whatever, but that's it. Like, because I didn't want to bother people with my thoughts and I will say this is a year that changed watching hundreds of videos of police brutality earlier this year. And those videos are still being created right now today, but watching those videos, I I'm done. I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I've, I've gotten much angrier on social media since that happened. I like one of my posts earlier this year, uh, came from dealing with the trolls saying like, well, police are good and you should support them universally. Like, mm, 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 nope. And I posted a video with 120 examples, hmm. which didn't represent all of them. It was me curating 120 of the worst incidences of police brutality that I'd seen. And not a single one of those trolls could acknowledge that any of those videos were genuine. Well, they were edited wrong or they like that person shouldn't have been standing there praying or whatever, like awful, like 120 videos, the worst, worst stuff that you could see. And again, that was just like a, a drop in the bucket of what was available. So my uh, not that this is anything, but I switched my I switched my uh, Facebook thing to a black square in June, I think, and I haven't switched it back. That doesn't give me any cred or anything like that. It's just a matter of saying, like, I don't feel okay. 
I'm, I'm not okay with any of this. I am still angry. And I like, this is the, like one of the platforms I have to be able to share how I'm feeling. And that's it. Like, I, I think that's why I've gone in a very different direction than Drew has. But I would also never criticize the direction you went in either. Yeah. You know, I think that is perfectly valid. So we're getting a little bit short on time here, but um, to just sort of like wrap things up, um, does anyone want to make any like, you know, your your mission statement, your your closing arguments? We want to kind of tie this up with a ribbon. Um, does anyone have any kind of like final thoughts to put on this argument? I, I had uh, one kind of final thing I wanted to say, and that's just that nobody's perfect. Okay. So whether you're on, I think you mean Poe Buddy's nerfect. Sure, sure, Poe Buddy's <laughs> nerfect. So whether you're on the left or the right or the center or the alternative upside down party or whatever it is, you're wrong about something. Embrace that. Realize that. Embrace your imperfection. And don't try to fly too close to the sun. I'm sorry, my Discord handle is actually never wrong about anything, so uh, I'm sorry (laughs) that you're wrong about me being wrong. Yeah. And as the self-proclaimed voice of reason, (laughs) I gotta say, I'm always right, too. (laughs) You're not. You're wrong. I believe... believe (laughs) (laughs) Neither one of you. You guys are wrong about stuff. Damn it. Embrace it. Andy's name is the self-proclaimed voice of reason on our Discord chat. And I am pretty sure that Pat gave him that name, which no, I think is... he didn't. You renamed did. yourself? Okay. No, that was me. That was me. That was awesome. my creation. I think one thing I, I want to say... I a name, but I couldn't give Pat a name because he was an admin. Fair <laughs> yeah, enough. I outrank you. <laughs> um... No, what I, one thing I did want to say, I guess my my final thought for this stuff is like, there's there's not a wrong thing here. Uh, if you're a racist, go fuck yourself. Uh, I have no interest in you being alive. But unless you want to get better, but my thing is, what's important here is your own mental health, and nobody else is going to be able to tell you where that line is. You need to figure that out, and maybe that is like. Hitting the gym, getting a lawyer, and deleting Facebook, as Reddit would say over and over and over again as their own advice. But, like, if you need to, like, take a break from social media, great. If you need to post crazy fine. If you need to delete your aunt, whatever. But it's not necessarily going to make things better. Or, in my final thoughts is just put down your phone and turn on Netflix. <laughs> okay. I mean, people, you understand people do both now. They watch Netflix and like uh, watch their phone at the same time. Gotta, but that's what I'm saying. But that's why I said put down your phone and turn on Netflix. Well, <laughs> I just want to parrot Nathan here and say go ahead and delete that Facebook and hashtag delete Facebook and follow us on Twitter. <laughs> and, and join our Facebook discussion group. Yes. <laughs> Be the Dead Source discussion group. Delete delete Facebook, make a new Facebook, and then join our discussion group. 
And you know what? There is a, a new social media platform out there that people might want to try. It's called Precious Moments. Ugh. Nice. Precious Moments. Still got it. Yeah, that's transition. Uh, so yeah, so this is this is the end of the episode, Drew. We're all gonna have like nice, like some nice thing that's happened to us or that we've been watching. Big loud stinky beat at PM. Right. Now, gross. You're gross. Why are you so gross? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've so got one. Yeah. Anybody? Yeah. Have so anything? I've got one. So um, this went out on our Twitter a little bit ago. I guess that's going to date the episode. But, um, so I found some very interesting bathroom graffiti, and I tweeted it out. Now, did you did you find this yourself, or is this just something you, like, found on the internet somewhere? No, this, this I found in person, physically, uh, going into a bathroom using a public restroom. Um, I found it, you know, out on my work, because, you know, when I'm out at work, you know, I don't have a toilet so like going and using public restrooms is a thing that i like i know where the good clean restrooms usually are and uh, yeah sheets well yes but <laughs> there isn't a sheets out by where i work but um but so i found this bathroom graffiti and it says it's scrawled crudely in pen and it says you're with no apostrophe, just the letters Y-O-U-R. Gay. And someone below that made also graffiti, also in pen, a little asterisk, and put your with the apostrophe R-E. <laughs> and uh, I just got a big kick uh, out of that. I thought, you know, that, um, I mean, it's super disrespectful to do this in a bathroom, and, like, I don't think it's great to be doing bathroom graffiti or making, like, you know, a cleaning staff have to, you know, wipe what you've put on the wall off. But if you're going to do that, at least be correcting someone else's grammar. Not, like not to mention that. the homophobia. <laughs> when you put that in our Discord, I, I lulled. I yeah. don't normally lull. But uh, that did make me lull. And then I, then I remember thinking to myself, not all heroes wear capes. Right. There's something kind of funny about not correcting the homophobia, but correcting the grammar. Right. Right. It's just sort of missing the – yeah. Uh, I have a couple things. So one I can do pretty quickly. Uh, sometime soon, um, Trump's old Atlantic City casinos are going to be blown up. And they are auctioning off the rights to do that. You can buy the rights to blow up Donald Trump's casino. Oh, I saw that. So that's a thing. <laughs> but uh, you, just, my, you push you push the button, right? It's not like you have to bring your own dynamite, right? You know, I think I, I believe I believe all the proceeds from the auction are going to the uh, Boys and Girls Club, which I think yes, is very cool. That is true. That I did see. Let's see. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a great little, uh, nice little story. Um, Philadelphia is ruthless. What a city. <laughs> um, don't go there without a gun. But well, the, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say about it is, um, it is currently up to thirty one thousand dollars. That's 
Not actually as much as I thought. Wow. No. So. Damn. Uh, so, listen, folks, bid that up. Let's have <laughs> people spend millions to blow up Donald Trump's casino. And feel free, get a kick out of that. feel free to donate in the name of Beat a Dead Source podcast. Please. Um, <laughs> so, that's not even my real precious moment this week. That's just a, a, a delicious little tidbit, a little appetizer. And it moves bush, if you the will. The main course, for the main course, we have chicken in the form of... Hallmark mini-movie. Yes. (laughs) I alluded to this earlier, but Recipe for Seduction came out a couple, what was it, last week? Week before? Yes, it was last week. Last Last Sunday. Oh my god, it was great. It was everything that was in the trailer and about two minutes more. You need to explain. (laughs) Andy, this is like... Our fortieth episode, or something, and you'd think at this point you'd understand that you have to explain things to the audience. Well, yeah, so, what, so is, what is a recipe for recipe for seduction? Yeah, I, I was getting to it. I was just ex- doing my hype bit first. All right. Jeez, jeez, um, jeez, Louise. Um, gosh, golly. So anyway, so recipe for seduction. So Lifetime and KFC paired up. To do this mini movie, it was 15 minutes long, mm-hmm. starring Mario Lopez as uh, the great Colonel Sanders, uh, and featuring some other generic white people. They weren't all white, but no, yes. Well, Mario Lopez, I already mentioned. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> the story is basically this rich family hires this new chef who manages to steal away the the young girl of the family from the uh, gross and creepy fiancé who turns out is boinking her mom on the side, and and he has a recipe that's going to change the world. And uh, they eat some (laughs) chicken, and the girl leaves the douchebag for Mario Lopez. Well, didn't ruin it. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers. I'm sorry, guys. It's listen, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the whole movie. Um, <laughs> well, we'll make sure to get the recipe for the seduction trailer in the doobly do. I feel like I this is very much like history written by the winners. <laughs> <laughs> like, if KFC was not a super successful brand, like. Would we maybe hear the other side of the like the fiance that got dumped? <laughs> it turns out that the uh, the rich douchebag, his name is Popeye. Really? And he started a rival. Ch- no, no. And, and true true story. Um, Colonel Sanders horribly racist. <laughs> yeah. Not shocking. Not shocking. He 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 probably would not have been. Uh, cool with Mario Lopez playing him in a movie, which makes it that much better. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, Mario Lopez, you know, not to go too much into the cancel culture thing, but he's rather transphobic. So that's kind of problematic. But this movie was pure gold. Go watch it. Uh, you have 15 minutes to waste. I promise you it's worth it. Fair enough. Uh, Drew. Yeah. Well, I wanted to mention this show because it's made me happy. Um, it came out on Netflix probably about six weeks ago. And I found it immediately, but 
maybe there's still people because I mentioned it to you guys before we started recording and nobody had heard of it. Yeah. But it's called uh, Auntie Donna's House of Fun. It's on Netflix. Check that out. Uh, even though I'm a sketch performer, I want to mention that we're not Auntie Donna. We're very different. But it's it's super like manic, fast-paced, really sort of happy. We're, we're more on the depressive side of things. Hence the <laughs> sad in our name. Um, but speaking of... So you'd say, you'd say you're pro-Donna's big old house of fun. Yeah. Instead of anti-Donna's? Yes. Uh, so. I'm very pro. They're, they're, like I said, they're way higher energy than we are. They're way more musical than we are. <laughs> but it's fantastic stuff and you should check it out. So, our stuff, uh, we just put out like I said before, we put out uh, two Christmas videos over the last week. Those are worth checking out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, story time with Mark Bookus and Christmas is coming. Nice. YouTube. Slash I haven't seen either of them yet. I'm excited to watch them. Sad Boys Social Club on YouTube. Check us out. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Uh, for a while, <laughs> for a while, we were going as Sad Boys Social Distancing Club. On <laughs> nice. Facebook, nice. but we just turned it back, so all our social media is like has the same name on it now. Uh, which That's is good. good. And Sad to the Bone, our yes. album that's been in production for three years, <laughs> uh, wow. has finally come out of production and it's going to be released Christmas Day. Amazon, it'll iTunes. Already, it'll already be, yeah, it'll already be out by the time we, uh, people hear this episode. Oh, so where can they find it? They can find it on iTunes and Amazon. I'm sure if you search for Sad to the Bone or Sad Boys Social Club, that ought to get you there. And it is, uh, nice. Like I said, it, it, it was in production for three years and it shows it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful sounding album. <laughs> I like I like that phrase. It it's been in production for three years because it's supposed to make it sound like like it's good, but does not indicate in any way the quality of the product. Just how long it took you to put it out. Yeah, but no, it was being edited that entire time, <laughs> so it is like a perfect piece of audio commentary. That's awesome! I'm so excited for Sad to the Boat. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations! That sounds like a big. A big deal for you guys. I'm hoping that it turns out to be. <laughs> we'll see how so, it goes. We're sending. Are in. you prepared? I was going to ask. Are you prepared for the call from Ryan Seacrest? I don't know who, <laughs> who the big music guy is now. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, but it's mostly spoken word. I'll put that out there. We have there's one song on it, and then there's, I think, fifteen. Audio sketches like the old school, like Money Python records, or nice. maybe like the like, Adam Sandler <laughs> stuff that came out a long time ago. Right, like every rap album in the nineties. Yeah, like they all what all needed a, like some sort of sketch on them. Yeah, those if you take the out all the rap from those albums, 
and just listen to the parts where people are talking to each other. It's like that. Right. Awesome. Uh, I'm excited about. We will make sure, like absolutely sure that we get yeah. uh get uh in the doobly doo uh, where to listen to Sad to the Bone to everything. Buy it on iTunes or Amazon or listen to it for free on Spotify. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> no, do do that. Well, I'm don't kidding. Mention it. Uh, it's it. I'm just saying it's on the Distro Kid too. But I don't know. I don't like using Spotify. There's too many ads. <laughs> there you go. Not not even worth it. Awesome. Uh, well, so my I was gonna if you hadn't uh, plugged it specifically, I was definitely gonna say that I was excited about Sad in the Bone. Um, but instead, my precious moment of the week is going to be a a doctor's note. Uh, specifically, a uh, a prescription written by O.C. Pickard, M.D. <laughs> and I'll, again, make sure this lands in the doobly-doo, but let me just read it. This is to certify that the post-accident convalescence of the Honorable Winston S. Churchill necessitates the use of alcoholic spirits, especially at mealtimes. The quantity is naturally indefinite, but the minimum requirements would be 250 cubic centimeters. Signed, Otto C. Pickhart, M.D. So, it's basically it's from January 26, 1932, and it's Winston Churchill's uh, prescription for as much alcohol as he wants to drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that's which, very healthy. Which he got a lot of mileage out of. <laughs> and, like, I also like on the card, written in pencil, it says, keep on hand. Ah. <laughs> like, you need to be whipping out at any restaurant anytime. Well... My doctor says... Right. You may say I've had enough, but this prescription says I haven't. Yeah, what's the scenario where you need that? Like, the bartender has cut you off. Right, and you're like, I think well, that's it. Actually, uh, I have this doctor's note. <laughs> I like the phrasing, the quantity is naturally indefinite. <laughs> like, wow, all right, naturally. Like, we're not even going to talk about it. All right. Man. Awesome. Well, uh... Drew, a uh, new new friend of the pod. We really appreciate you being on with us. Really appreciate yeah, you being here. I had a blast. I had to say thank you. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sure much we, fun, much fun. we we like to recycle guests, so I'm sure we'll call you for something or other. I'm into it. Something don't recycle in general. <laughs> <laughs> Andy uh, nice. Andy nailed it. That's that's a good joke. Anyway, I really need to come up with a catchphrase. Uh, hopefully we gave you something to think about this week. Love you, bye. Drew, if you want to come up with a catchphrase real quick, now would be the time to say it. Uh, 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 can I buy this thing? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a line from the album. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> bye. So you don't have to do these recordings at the end of the episodes now to remind you to check us out on Facebook, uh, to check out the Twitter account, and you'll never guess where the links are for it. Psst, it's in the doobly-doo. We have a Patreon for those of you who are super fans. Hey there, Tim. Thanks so much. But I just want to say thanks for listening. We've had a lot of traction lately, and that's all thanks to you guys. So we appreciate it. Uh, keep it up. 
The best absolute thing you could do is if you hear an episode that you think a friend would like, recommend it to them. Let people know about us. Anyway, thanks again. We really do appreciate it. As long as I have audio of it, I can fix it. If you say, like, I think Mussolini had a good point. <laughs> and then you don't say, oh, I didn't mean Mussolini, I meant Gandhi. <laughs> if you don't say, I think Gandhi had a good point, there's not much I can do.